Welcome to episode 134 of Chew on This, a Nerd United podcast. I'm BJ. Tech. So today is May 6th, and we were at the West Sacramento Intergalactic Expo. I think it's in its fourth year. Um, such a great day. Uh, we got to talk to uh, three people, Jeffrey Weissman. We talked to C. Andrew Nelson, and then we finished up the day with talking with... Uh, Mike Quinn. And, uh, well, we have a good news, bad news situation here, folks. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll start, I'll start with the bad news. The bad news is all three of those recordings were completely inaudible. And the weird thing is, is we tested the shit out of it, tested the heck out of it and, uh, everything was fine. And then we did the recordings. And then at the end of the day, when we played them all back, none of them were audible. They were completely static and we have no clue what happened. Something about patching into their audio. I don't, I don't know what, what happened, but, uh, Vic has a little bit of good news for you. <laughs> it's just, a- well, well, I I'd just like to say that I, I personally blame the Kardashians for this. <laughs> I blame them yeah. all. Uh, for this, so thanks, Kardashians. I, I always blame the Kardashians for anything, even if like I step on a Lego in my house. Goddamn Kardashians! And you curse the Kardashians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the good news um, is is um, we're not quitting. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going um, down easy. Yeah, we're not we're not going to quit. Um, but. Uh, the, you know, we had a great day. Uh, it was it was a blast. Um, we had we got some really great stuff that you can't listen to. So yeah, that's forever. the good news. <laughs> hey, so there's but no this, podcast. This, this intro is going to be clear. Yeah, it's be nice this, and clean. This intro is nice and clear um, for the next five minutes until our cell phone service cuts out. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the real good news is is we got we got saved. Uh, we got saved big time. Um, so right now, I, I, I want to give a shout out. Um, to, to Bex over at Jocks, Geeks, and Nerds. Um, they were there video recording the Mike Quinn panel. Um, unfortunately, that's the only one they recorded, so that's all we have. So we were able to pull the, uh, the audio from that file and do some kind of movie magic, not ILM THX magic, because you know, I don't know how to do that. But um, we were able to save the audio, um, fr- uh, take the audio from that, and and put it out as a podcast. They were nice enough to let us use their audio. So again, that's that's please everybody go and follow Jocks, Geeks, and Nerds for saving our asses. And thanks again, Bex, for for getting that over to us so quickly. Um, yeah, so I that just, we can actually release it today. I also really Monday. just I want to quickly give a shout out to Jeffrey Weissman and Andrew C, and C. Andrew Nelson for being uh, just complete awesome guests this year. And uh, we've talked to them before, but they gave us even more tidbits this year, which unfortunately you're not ever going to be able to hear. But uh, they were just really gracious and really fun to hang out with, and uh, and we were able to give some gifts out to them and, and to the crowd that came, which was that was a lot of fun. I always love giving you know stuff out to people. Um, so, but unfortunately, you know, like I said, that we're never going to be able to hear that again, and it's it's a bummer. But at the same time, you know. Uh, if we ever get to talk to those guys again, you know, uh, we'll get those tidbits back out on them. I'm, I'm sure at some point. But it was a great day overall. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of new things, uh, you know, happened this year with uh, with the expo. They had a lot of cool additions, like an escape room, and they had you know virtual reality uh, booth and a lot of cool stuff. Um, 
So I, I'm excited to see what they're going to do next year and who they're going to get next year. Because I'll tell you what, Mike Quinn is what a class act. That dude is, is so cool. I never knew I wanted to talk to Nyan Num. I never knew you know anything about that guy's background. And now all I want to do is like eat up a bunch of stuff that he's done. Um, really cool guy. Did a lot of uh, – if you go on IMDb and look up Mike Quinn, you can see a lot of – history with puppeteering but then you know he was in star wars and he's been in some other stuff he's on a, a new showtime show coming out soon uh that uh, jim carrey has put has put together so that's a big deal because he just got that gig um and and he's starting his own like puppeteering uh consulting you know like website and he also does one-on-one depend i think there's different tiers that you can pay for but Anyway, long story yeah, we'll short, let him, we'll let yeah, him, we'll let him talk about that. But Mike Quinn, what a class act. Just it was so such a, a pleasure talking with him. Yeah, so, yeah, unfortunately, um, like you said, we, we we got some really good stuff today. But we, you know, as you were talking, I was trying to remember if there was anything that I could just like that really stood out. Uh, the, Sandra Nelson gave us some more uh, stuff in episode one. And it was uh, he was able to Lucas. Uh, apparently, he told us that Jake Lloyd rolled his eyes a lot, and, <laughs> and uh, Natalie Portman blinked a lot. Yeah, in, in certain scenes, and they actually CG'd that out. So that's kind of that's kind of crazy that you don't think that that would actually take place, but apparently it did. So now I got to go back and watch the prequels for that. So. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, that, you know, like insane. like we've always, if you've been listening to us for a really long time, we love the you know the behind the scenes stuff. That's why we love talking to these guys. Um, but again, you know, 134 episodes. This is the first time this has ever happened where the audio was completely effed. Yeah, so. we had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Um, we made it. But but we do have we do have Mike Quinn. Um, you just have to bear with the audio. It's it's take it's recorded. Uh, from a from a video camera, so there will be footage online somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, but the audio is, you know, it, it's it's ele- it's <laughs> legible. Like I don't know how to say that. You could hear it. You could understand. The, you could understand the, the, what the they're saying. Works. Yeah, it's just not crystal clear. So yeah, it wouldn't, so it wouldn't be like our recording, but it it doesn't matter. It's better than nothing. So right, and we, he we, and he gives us some really good stuff. So you you want to listen to this. Yeah, you can definitely hear him. It's just it, it sounds like it was recorded from a video camera from the back of the room. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean it's better than nothing, and trust me, it sounds a lot better than than the 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 I don't know re- it, it recording like, that we actually had. <laughs> it sounds like two droids are dying. Yeah. Uh, on the file. <laughs> this is terrible. I still don't know what happened. It ha- it's had to be on their end, unfortunately, on on the end of the expo. But whatever, it's it was taken like in the city council chambers. Like we felt like we were on a set of Parks and Recreation or something. Uh, but whatever, it, it is what it is. And uh, next time, you know, we'll test the the shit out of this thing more and more so that we make sure this doesn't happen again. But at any rate, I we want you guys to enjoy uh, Mike Quinn's panel. Uh, some really good stuff that that came out of that, and um, want you guys to enjoy that. And then hopefully, looking forward to seeing you guys uh, there next year. Yeah, and uh, thank you for all. The, hopefully, we got a whole bunch of new listeners from the panels. So, if you're listening for the first time, um, I- I enjoy the panel that you're already at, and hopefully, <laughs> check out check out a lot of our older episodes. That um, that's that's cl- clear. 
and better yeah. sounding. Yeah, that <laughs> don't sound like two droids dying. And and um, if you so. if you did miss the the Sandra Nelson panel and and the Jeffrey Weissman one, you you can actually go back into our archives and you'll see. Uh, I think two years ago we talked to Weissman, and then a year ago we talked to Nelson. So you could actually go back and at least hear those guys during that time, and then uh, hopefully someday we'll get to talk to them again. So, all right. Well, uh, welcome to episode one thirty four, and enjoy uh, Mike Quinn. States, uh, 20, yeah, one years ago, I think it was, uh, there, thereabouts. 
Um, so yeah, I, I animated on, um, I was a character animator, so I did a little bit on A Bug's Life and mostly Toy Story 2, back when Toy Story 2 was uh, straight to video, before they decided it, was, it could have been a feature film, we were all working on this thing saying, okay, uh, this really needs to be a feature. So um, I, I did all the development on uh, uh, how, to, how to make these, um, these uh, CG characters look like uh, 1950s, look kind of like Howdy Doody in a way, you know. <laughs> um, so I did a lot of, uh, I actually had a couple of marionettes built as well as wood uh, by a friend in England who built marionettes. So I have one, and it's a Woody, Woody marionette. I have one, and John Laster has the other one. Oh, wow. Um, so he, yeah, he has that. And, and um, there, with marionettes, there's two kinds of controls usually. There's like a European style control, and then there's the uh, an American style. I think the European, if I'm not mistaken, would be was it one one's up one one's upright, one's flat. I forget which is which. But I got the European style, and John Astor got the, the, the upright ones. <laughs> so yeah, with that we sort of adapted the original CG models to. Um, uh, to, 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 to have the right kind of movement. So, so like the jaw would be like a wooden cut out jaw, and the eyes, the eyelids were painted on the eyes, so as the eyes rolled down, it looked like it was blinking. So it's kind of like how they might have done it back in the day. And we animated them so that when the jaw opened and closed, it was almost like it was hitting a little rubber stop in there and bouncing. So when you watch the animation, you see this little bounce in there on the eyelids and stuff, but everything was all, all had to be hand animated. There was no simulation or anything like that. Even the strings had to be hand animated. And they're all cor uh, placed correctly as though it was a real marionette where you'd actually get all the correct movement and stuff. So, so you, you created it? Like, so you built it from scratch and then you animated it? Yeah, I mean, I worked with the, the TDs at Pixar to, to work on, uh, they sort of duplicated the models and then re-rigged them all. And, we, and I told them where all the strings would be and how many there would be and, and that kind of thing. So, so uh, everything was sort of reverse engineered. Um, but I wanted them to look to look like they were the puppeteers really trying hard to get them to do the poses and the and the, the, the action, you know, but not look too hokey. I didn't want it to look too cheap and, and just silly, you know. I thought it should have some, some truth to it. So it kind of looked a bit like a real 50s lost episode. Right. <laughs> Definitely. <coughs> yeah, that was fun. So going back to the uh, Jim Henson that uh, I mentioned before when we, when we met you, that uh, yeah. you know, Jim Henson was a big influence on me and BJ. And growing up, if, yeah. if you were in that era, you, you, you went to see... Like how Pixar is now. If, you, if Pixar comes out with a movie, you go see a Pixar movie. Back in the day, Jim Henson comes out with a movie, you, you go see, see a Jim Henson movie. So, what, yeah. what was it that drew you to puppeteering early on? Yeah, I'm not sure. I was always interested in puppets as a little kid anyway. I, you know, I was even when I was two, I was moving my teddy bear because I wanted him to be alive. <laughs> so, it's always been there, I think. Uh, but when Muppet Show came along, then I kind of became obsessed in 1976 and it hit big in England. Uh, earlier than in the States. So, um, yeah, so I just kind of was fascinated, like, how are these things made and how, how they operated, how they performed? So I, I kind of scoured for... We had no internet back then. <laughs> uh, so you just kind of had to look in magazines and whatever you could find to, to see how... Look for pictures and behind-the-scenes photos. So I, I sort of self-taught myself a little bit. But they're all made in the... All the Muppet shows were made in the UK, so... It turns out that um, by some weird sheer coincidence or, or twist of fate that uh, the shows were made about half an hour from where I lived. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and then my, Which is odd. 
And then my dad had a, had a the company he was working for had a contract with the TV studio. And that was my first in. And so from that point on, I would go regularly. I, uh, I was still at school, but I'd visit on the, uh, like the guest star days. And they got to know me. So I literally would get on a bus from the end of my street, which would drop me off at the studio, like 50 pence or something. <laughs> like and Jim's kids, kids outside <laughs> Yeah, I'd ride my way through security. You could do that back in, the, in those days. Right. So uh, they got to know me, basically. And then when I left school, they just finished Muppet Show in 1980. And they had just gone across the street from the TV studio to the film studio, L Street Film Studios, to, to work on the great Muppet paper. And, um, and the Dark Crystal back-to-back, and they were a two-picture deal with Lou Grade. And so, so uh, yeah, I, I, I tracked them down on location. They were shooting some location scenes for the great Muppet caper. And uh, I decided I'm going to ask Jim for a job, you know. And uh, it was the end of the shoot day. It, it turned out it was his, I think it was his 44th birthday that day. And so I gave him my envelope with the, my job application and a letter in there. And, he was still uh, a pretty good day. He, he thought, I think he thought it was a birthday card. So he was like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> And he accepted it graciously. I was like, oh, thank you for thank for a card. No, 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 you don't yeah. <laughs> Anyway, two weeks later, I got a call. And they, they, that was it. So from then on. Uh, yeah, so. But Jim was good like that. You know, he was very approachable. And he was—he was—he he really cared about everybody. And I have—I heard later that I think he felt so sorry for me hanging around the studios all the time. He said, "Should we just give this guy a job?" <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but he was—he was good. He brought the best out in everyone, you know. And he really appreciated what everybody could do and bring to the bring to the table and all their different <laughs> skill sets and, and abilities. Um, you know, he, yeah, he gave me my first character, my first voice uh, performance on, on a Muppet, and. Yeah, he, he was he was all about that stuff. So so all the things you hear about him, I, I think, are definitely true. And then some. You know, he's a very kind and, and sincere and generous man. Can you walk us a little bit through the, the process of, of what it's like shooting a scene with 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 what it was like shooting a scene with Jim Henson? Yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah, it was actually Jim. Jim always had a lot of fun on set because he said he said that's where the good stuff comes from. So he liked to play a lot, and he, he loved to direct. You know, he loved to. To perform, and I, I think he was always that. I, whenever I saw him at his happiest, was when he was performing. Well, any any character didn't have to be Kermit, you know, it could have been a dog puppet or something. He just loved to play, and so so yeah, you, you kind of block a scene, uh, roughly what the action would be, um, sort of walk through it essentially on set, so that the uh, lighting guys could see it and the camera guys, and you sort of figure out, okay, this is pretty well what all the characters are going to be. Then we'd all walk away. It's no different really to any actors, but it just takes like twice as long. You have to take out holes in the floor and cut holes in the walls and all that kind of set up monitors as well so we can see what we're doing on, on the TV screens. So we'd walk away and then they'd light the scene and, and then we'd usually usually shoot a master shot, a wide shot, and then go in and do singles and then put in walls and take out other walls and do reverses and that kind of stuff. So. So puppets is a slow process for sure. Yeah, um, a lot, a lot, uh, a lot more complicated than the humans, unfortunately. Plus, we've got to keep heads out of shots. And that. <laughs> I, I have to ask something um, because I've always been very curious. But uh, I kind of attribute this to like when um, you know Beethoven lost his, his hearing, and he, what was that? he couldn't. When Beethoven lost his hearing, oh, sorry, he couldn't hear. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. All right. <laughs> 
He couldn't hear. He couldn't hear the audience applause. Okay. Right. Yeah. So what I'm also wondering, I don't know if this is standing, but but when you when you people are watching you on screen and they're clapping and cheering and all that stuff, do you like? Do you go like, oh man, like I wish they could see that it's it's me and not just the, the puppet? Or were you ever just like? Really proud of the work and just be like, oh, they're they're clapping at my accomplishments, and I, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I, the, it's the they're clapping at the uh, the character and the writing and the music and the editing and the and the scene and the, the you know the, the, the it's, it's it's the story and the characters, and that's what I'm clapping for too. You know, I'm I'm a facilitator. Um, you know, it's not me. It's not my face. It's not the character that I necessarily wrote. It's very humbly. That way, like it's going straight. It's it's nice to be. Uh, you know, I can just slide away and walk down the street. Nobody knows who I am. <laughs> it's so true. It's really good. Um, you know, and I can be a fan along with everyone else. So, cool. so yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm, I'm along there with the audience, clapping and cheering and crying and everything. So no, it's it's good. I, I don't I don't need to be. You know, a puppeteer should be. Shouldn't be seen. It should be heard, not seen. I think so. Awesome. Yeah. So you you worked on a couple of like really favorite movies. Um, Who framed Roger Rabbit? What did you do on that? Yeah, we had a, a team of uh, puppeteers. We worked under this uh, special effects uh, department. George Gibbs, and they actually won the Oscar for best uh, visual effects that year for special effects. I think so, yeah. 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 So we we actually helped them. Um, so they would build a lot of more of the mechanical rigs and things like that. The servos and all kinds of big, big uh, effects, and our solution as hand puppeteers were were like rods and, and little rigs with strings and that kind of thing. So, so a lot of the stuff we did would be like um, when the weasels had guns. Some of them were on strings from above, and a lot of them were on rods. Uh, so we'd, uh, we'd uh, just hand puppeteer these rods, oh, cool. um, and then I was their sort of chief hand puppeteer. So. So when a um, when a weasel had something uh, to do, then uh, they had to wear this gray glove so they could draw so something to, to, yeah. see, to look at. Yeah, um, like there's a couple of shots in Roger Rabbit where uh, um, Judge Doom throws the record across the bar, and a weasel catches it in his mouth and is looking around, and that was me working with weasels. And then uh, there's another one where the weasel is in Eddie Valiant's office and has a bar of soap in his mouth and he's blowing bubbles. Yeah, that was again me as a hand puppet. And we did things like the octopus bartender, I was the cocktail shaker. When Roger Rabbit's jumping up and down on the bed, you know, reading his love letter, I was underneath putting a little book. You know, everything at Toon Touch, we had to move somehow. Yeah. You know, so so that was our job. Um, and then the other one, of course, that's our favorite, still my favorite, is, is Labyrinth. Labyrinth, yeah. yeah. I love Labyrinth. So what, what kind of things did you do on that? Yeah, let's see, a lot of goblins. Um, also, okay. uh, the goblin's nest, the one that uh, he says, uh, she's going to say the words. And then, um, yeah, that would be. And then, uh, <laughs> I love with the pseudonymous, the box. I uh, did his eye work, his eye, eye and, and eyelid work. When we rehearsed for ages and ages, getting that beat, those beats just right, when she's asking him, may I cross the bridge? Uh, um, Sarah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so he has this whole thought process. Well, he could do the missing. Well, ah, uh, hmm. And we did all that stuff down just so we could reproduce it each time. Uh, we, we nailed it. So I was, I was quite pleased with that. But that was uh, Dave Golds was the principal puppeteer for Sojourners, who does the Great Gonzo and Buns and Honeydew. Oh wow! So he was the main puppeteer for that. And then we did the Talking Hands. You know, like uh, the oh. gloves and the, all the, the, the different bases and things in the, in the shop there. And uh, what else? Uh, oh, um, 
So uh, they found um, Kipsang uh, about a month before the uh, Force Awakens uh, opened and uh, recorded some new stuff for him. He was teaching in Kenya, I think. Uh, so they brought him back, and now he's still the voice for Nine Number to this day. So I haven't met him yet, but I'd like to. <laughs> yeah. So that's how the voice happened. What uh, What are you saying at the? Uh, what are you saying at Finn at the end of the last show? Yeah, well, I was trying to make him laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was saying, why did you go gamble? Yeah, no, we were trying to school him on how to fly, uh, how to fly X wings, and that he was doing it all wrong, and that, that my grandmother could fly better than he could. And, and uh, you know, he, I cracked him up a few times. He had a bit of a tank, so that was a bit dodgy. But anyway, but he was a bit. Uh, John Boyega was a nine num fan, so he was all excited that he finally had a, a shot with nine num, and he said he plays um, as nine num in the. Uh, uh, the the uh, Battlefront. You know, yeah, you know the Battlefront game. Yeah. Where players nine on in that. So John plays plays Battlefront. Oh, that's nice. So he was all excited. <laughs> so we're all happy, <laughs> and we're still alive. So yeah. you've had some uh, pretty iconic roles, Miss Biggie, Skepna, you know, me and them. Is there anything that that stands out to you that that really, you know, is, is that you couldn't believe that you got that role? Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe I got it. Um, no, no, I don't know. Uh, all of them, really, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to do these things. I don't know. It's, uh, sometimes you sort of have those out-of-body moments where you're just, you know, sitting there or standing there with a puppet on your arm and thinking, my goodness, you know, how how did I how did, how did I get so lucky, basically? Whether it's, you know, standing on the set in the resistance space and there's all the, you know, there's Harrison over there and here's Carrie and there's Chewie and 3PO and, you know, it's just like, and we're all having that moment together, all of ourselves. Um, and what else? And then, and then all, all in, we did the Hollywood Bowl last September, live Muppet Show, and, and, and here I am working with Piggy doing an opening theme song. It's so iconic, you know, it's like, right. you just, you, you think, hang on, we've got to focus here, we've got to be professional, you know, not be a, not be a fan and not, not, uh, not geek out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like we're all, we're all the same, really. My mouth would just be open. So, yeah, well, you know, it doesn't matter how long you do this stuff, you still really appreciate it and really enjoy it. You know, never take anything for granted. So, well, I mean, do you have a preference of working on puppeteering or, or you know, performing or working with digital? I know you do some digital effects work as well. Yeah, not so much lately. I mean, they're, they're all ways of bringing something to life, though. It's all still performing to me. Um, yeah, I prefer more the live action stuff because you can be more spontaneous. Um, but whether it's acting or in a, in a suit and a costume and a creature or puppeteering or doing voice work, it's really the same thing. It's still uh, bringing a character to life in some way um, and making those choices. So they're all the different facets of the same thing to me. So, uh, Mike, you're very so gracious for being here and everything. Yeah, and um, just really quickly, uh, for, I mean, what kind of advice would you give to someone, you know, maybe there's somebody out there, what kind of advice would you give to someone wanting to break into this industry? I know it's a lot harder than what you said like a long time ago, but do you have any kind of advice for somebody? In some ways it might be harder, in other ways it might be easier because now we can make our own uh, shows on a smaller scale cheaper, you know, we have outlets on the internet to do that stuff. Um, I, it, yeah, don't give up. I think that's that's a, the the biggest thing. Is a lot of people, uh, you know, they 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 might be self defeating or think this is too hard or or how could I possibly be this person or how could I possibly do that? But you know, 
Don't ever, don't ever try Just don't give up, you know. I mean, by all means, do other things to pay the bills and, and learn new skills all the time. I'm still learning. I'm still teaching. I'm still teaching myself new stuff all the time. Uh, so you know, you never stop learning. But and I do many different things uh, because the industry is so crazy and, and, and uh, helter skelter and all that. But but I would say, you know, just don't give up too soon. I think that's that's a lot of people just don't. don't They don't keep trying, you know, but you've got to want it really badly, you've got to, you know, it helps to obsess and, and uh, to just, just have a good support team. You need people that believe in you that will allow you to do those, to do those things, whether it's acting or, or behind the camera or, or making something, painting, whatever it is, you know, whatever that is, music or whatever, you know, I'm sure somebody in here is doing creative stuff here. So, uh, you know, whether it's a hobby or part-time or full-time, uh, you know, make sure you're having fun doing it. Uh, if it's not fun, then you're doing something wrong and you need to do something else. So it always needs to be, no matter, it could be really hard work, and that's fine. You know, I'm not afraid of hard work. I'm afraid of hard work that I'm not enjoying. <laughs> so, so make sure you're having fun and just keep pushing. Just don't let people tell you, no, you can't do it. Because I came from, from a, a normal working class family north of London where, you know, I was expected to, to just, uh, I don't know what I was expected to do, but no one, no one, you know, it's like, we're well, not going to college, you know, we don't have the money for that, uh, you know, here, circling uh, jobs in the local paper, you know, that's that's all I was, I was supposed to do, so it's like, well, actually, I, I had dreams, and and uh, one way or the other, I would have found a way of making it work, yeah. you know, so there is, if you want it, there is a way to, to, to make that happen, definitely, yeah. I want to make sure we get enough uh, time at the end for, for Q&A. Um, um, so I just want to ask this one last question before we wrap up our section so we can yeah, push it to the yeah, audience. Right. So is there any uh, particular projects that are coming up you want to plug? Maybe like a certain trilogy that's ending? Let's see. Trilogy, trilogy. Just a small kind of film at all? The Disney lawyers are probably out there. Well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, theoretically I should be in episode 9 because I survived. So that's, uh, they start filming that end of July in, uh, in London. Oh, wow. In, in so... Uh, otherwise, uh, my big current thing is my Puppetry Academy online that I have, uh, which is called Secrets of Puppetry. So you get secretsofpuppetry.com or academy.secretsofpuppetry.com, whatever. Anyway, I'm just on Twitter. I've got a thing on Instagram I just started a week ago. You can find me on Facebook. It's very easy. But it's an online academy. Um, and I'm about to open in about a week's time or less. Uh, sort of a, a lower level that's more accessible to everybody. Wow. Uh, but it's all lessons that I'm giving on, on the fundamentals of the technique, all the stuff that Jim and Frank taught me that I still use to this day. So people can learn how to do Muppet-type things uh, themselves at their own pace online. So I'm really excited about that. It's something that, that um, I wish that I'd had when I was starting out. So, uh, so yeah, um, so there's a, there's the, the one I'll be opening up is bronze level, and that's, that's probably going to be less than... It's, it means 50, less than 50 bucks, but they get to, you know, access all this stuff. You really should be charging hundreds of dollars for that. <laughs> anyway, but I want to make sure that, that everyone can access that if they want, even if they just want to do it uh, out of curiosity or just for fun or something for themselves, for their own enjoyment. But all the, the, the core techniques are in there, um, and there's nothing out there like that. And then I have a silver and a, 
gold level, which has more stuff in there, more lessons, and then, the, then there's a, there'll be a platinum, which will actually have one-on-one tuition with me if people want that. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of, I'm excited about that. So that's kind of occupying a lot of my time at the moment. Then we have uh, a live Muppet event we're doing in London in July, which is sort of a, a bit like the, uh, the Hollywood Bowl show we did uh, right. last September. So it's a live, two-hour live shows with real Muppets. Yeah, it's crazy. It's scary. <laughs> so that'll be in London in July. You mentioned a series on Showtime with Jim Carrey. Yeah, that's his new, yeah, it's uh, called Kidding. And he's, I think it's a character that he had on in Living Color, Mr. Pickle. Oh, I think so. Right? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite, it's a, it's a good script. It's quite interesting, actually. And Jim's great. And yeah, he's doing a really fantastic job. So uh, I don't know when, it's, when we're going to see that, but I just did the first two episodes. Oh, fun. So, uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, Jim, it's good to see Jim doing his thing. He's, he's really good. I don't know this guy, too. Wait, I think I'm going to cold. No, 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 no. I'm not cold. <laughs> we're going we're to wrap up our section right here with, uh, with what we always wrap up every interview. Anybody who gets on the first time, we call it the big finish. It's three questions. Everybody gets the same questions, and so it's always interesting to see how, how the responses are. So, so all time... Favorite character from any genre? All time favorite character from any genre. Any genre. Live, dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's easy. That's easy. Stan Laurel. Stan Laurel? Yeah. Any of you guys know Stan Laurel? So, so, all we have now is that the younger generation is as of life stare. Like, okay. No, actually, they're Googling it right now. This part of the Siri. Yes, Dan Laurel. He was one of my childhood heroes. Uh, Slapstick comedy. <laughs> if if Stan Laurel was your spouse, <laughs> what, what would you complain the most about her? I complain the most about uh, that I wasn't in enough of his films. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I need a range. <laughs> what, uh, what are you watching on TV right now? There's a, is there any shows that you just have to watch on your DVR or anything? We're, we're actually, we just started watching, um, uh, you know, we try to watch the Marvel series. Uh, I don't watch a lot of TV, so I don't have a lot of time, so I'm a bit behind on stuff. Yeah, we have a few episodes into Lost in Space now. I've been enjoying that. And uh, what else? Uh, been watching a bit of Sirens. Um, what else? Oh, wow. I don't know. Uh, okay, we'll watch. Jerry, man. Jerry, what are we watching on TV at the moment? Anything? Uh, Lost in Space? Vikings and the. Uh, Vikings, that's right. Vikings, Vikings. 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 Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that, all, this, all the crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I have a follow up question, but I don't watch Vikings, so I got nothing. That's okay. Lost in Space, With Mr. Weissman. Yeah. Um, well, what you could do is, uh, <laughs> uh, so Dr. Smith, mm. Dr. Smith from Austin Space, what kind of eggs do you think Mr. Dr. Smith would like in the morning? Eggs? Yeah. Poached. Poached. Right. <laughs> yeah. Snap, think, about snap. think about it. Yeah, think about it. Very good. Okay, top three movies of all time. Top three movies of all time. Let's see. It changes all the time, but uh, currently I would say 
ideas. For me personally, the ones that, that make me happy. Or they could watch Boomer. Yeah. Currently, I'd say uh, Vertigo. Oh, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. And then I would say The Muppet Movie. <laughs> that opening shot, Kermit yeah. singing the song. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah, so, and then I just had another one, I forgot what it was. Uh, maybe Back to the Future, I don't know. Well, that's always a perfect film. I mean, that's one. Yeah, so I don't know, right now I'd, I'd go for those three. And my Desert Island movies. <laughs> I can plug my projector into the, into the electric valve. <laughs> well, Mr. Quinn, thank you so much uh, for being here. We, we actually, uh, we give all our guests uh, a gift, uh, but before that, we'd like to play. Uh, a particular clip that um, you know we remember fondly growing up. Uh, it's a, and then uh, we'll give you a gift in just a second. So play this clip for everybody. Special hands. I think it's uh, on the very bottom. You got all the scroll pull all the way down. When someone else would think he can do it. I can do it, making it to all people believe in you. Big enough and strong enough, believe in you. Hard enough and long enough, there's bound to be some other person who believes in making it a threesome. Anybody who has a question, just form a line at the mic and 
Um, somebody, any yeah, yeah, that's a start asking some questions. Accommodate. Mike yeah. should be hot, so we should be good to go. Mike's usually are. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, how you doing? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, biggest star Wars talent I see, like, Return of the Jedi. It's very fun. Um, you know, you know, Star Wars, uh, The Last Jedi is a very split film. People have a lot of different things on the film. Yeah. And, um, one of the things that people say all the time is that, how could you disrespect the old characters that just died in the break? You know, and people like, you know, uh, like, like uh, Akbar. Akbar and all these different characters that we grow to, grow to love. How do you feel about that? That I mean, it, obviously it's a righteous choice to who designs the living guy, but you as part of the original cast and seeing how they just toss these characters aside, how do you feel about that? And do you think that your character will survive the next film? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. You mean will I be alive at the end of nine? Episode nine? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll definitely be alive at the end of nine. How do I feel about that? I mean, um, you know, if all the decisions Ryan made um, were, were done uh, for, I guess, story purposes anyway, and emotional reasons, um, I, you know, I, I can't speak for Ryan or anything, but, but when, I, when I show up at these jobs, where, you know, whether it's The Force Awakens or, or, or um, Last Shadow or the next one, uh, I have to, uh, you know, I have to put all my entire trust in them and know, they know what they're doing. And I think they all have impossible tasks, uh, you know, whether they've always made exactly the best decision. I'm sure they would say they themselves that maybe they didn't, but they had to make a call on something and Get the, you know, they had so many days to make the film, they had so many days of pre-production. Disney's like, when can we release this? When can we release this? And how much is this costing? This is costing too much. So I think at some point, once in a while, something always has to give. You know, a movie is a, is a, is a series of uh, compromises. Um, so, so when I show up, it's like, whatever you want, you know, I, I do trust you. I'm not going, you know, if you're going to kill me off, I'm sure it's for a very good reason. And, and that's, you know, it is what it is. So, good talk to him. But that, yeah, he's done. Uh, but, you know, so, and I don't really know the, the entire movie until I, I'm watching it, you know, at the premiere or with you guys, you know, that I already know my past. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I don't know, I, I mean, uh, I suppose one of the biggest things I've heard that relates closely to my team of guys is people wanted Akbar to have a better send-off. Yeah. You know, it's more of a sacrificial uh, moment or something. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess that would have been nice. Um, the movie, I think it was like the longest Star Wars movie ever, right? Two and a half hours or something. So, uh, uh, yeah, so I, maybe that was just one of the things that just had to had to go. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, I liked what he did with it. I, I loved what Ryan did uh, as far I was. I liked that I didn't know what was going to happen, that I was surprised. That's just my personal opinion. And and uh, I wasn't really that bothered. I was like, I don't need to know who Snoke is. I'm just glad he got a nice, you know, fun. Can we move on? Get it out of the way. Spoilers. Spoilers. Classic cake. Classic cake. So, I don't know, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm okay with, with it, I think, for the most part, and, uh, you know, I appreciate what it takes to even get anything made at all and finished that's watchable, so, <laughs> I don't know, but, 
you know, I, I, I watch the movies as a fan. Uh, you know, I, I get it. if it's a good movie, I can watch it as a, as a, as a fan, not as a, a creator, actor, or filmmaker, or whatever. So, so for me, it's satisfied anyway. Um, and yeah, it, it, it did divide in many ways. I think a lot of a lot of the criticism I heard were was softened when people went to see it the second and the third time, and they kind of got over the shock of what happened, and then they could enjoy it a little bit more. Um, but uh, you know, we'll see. I, I, I have no idea how are they going to get out of it now. I saw I saw Ryan at the premiere, and and uh, and you know, he, he mentioned that. Uh, at some point, I guess during the the, the, the filmmaking, that uh, JJ said uh, to, to Ryan, uh, "Okay, so who have you left me with?" You know, <laughs> uh, 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 I guess you know it's written now. So who did Dan kill? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. If it, I mean, JJ is certainly a good. good a good uh, fan and advocate for, for the classics and for the characters and trying to respect the audience and give them what they want as much as possible without pandering too much too. I think he's trying to walk a fine line of uh, telling a story well and uh, introducing new characters too, which is a new story arc, which is not easy, but also satisfying the, the, the old legacy stuff too. I, I think he'll do the best he can for us uh, and for himself as a fan in this next movie. So I don't know what you know what's going to happen, um, but I think I think it'll resolve satisfactorily to me. I think so. I have faith. Okay. Hi, Mike. Thanks for coming to our city. Thank you. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of your postings on the Muppet, different Muppet forums. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, which mic is it? Is no, this one? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, yeah. That's very cool that you're doing a puppetry workshop. And uh, I think this year, because I know the Jim Henson companies kind of struggled since they sold off the Muppets to Disney, but this year they have uh, that adult Muppet film coming out in a couple months, The Happy Time Murders. Right, yes. Uh, with um, Melissa McCarthy and, and um, Bill Beretta, and I think Brian Henson's directing it. Yes. And then the Dark Crystal. Uh, Netflix series, so it's like puppetry is coming back. You know, yeah, it's, you know? it's, it started quite a number of years ago. I saw that pendulum. I knew it was going to happen anyway. When everyone was panicking, oh, CG is everything, and what happened to puppets and they're dead now? You know, they have a job now, and they, they never really went away completely. There was always stuff out there, and I knew that, that it would start to swing back. And I saw that that started to happen. Maybe even six, seven years ago, maybe yeah, maybe a bit more, where we were starting to use puppets in commercials, so we did a whole bunch of, I don't know if you ever saw the Nike commercials several years ago that had Kobe and LeBron as puppets, oh, yeah. yeah, I was watching some of those, that was several years ago. Uh, I don't think people realize, I didn't even realize they sent a puppetry used in, uh, like, uh, Roger Rabbit, you know, when you're a kid seeing that, you don't really realize that, the, you know, that's all uh, rotoscoped in. John, yeah. so I have two quick questions. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, that was I, I didn't even realize you were at the memorial yeah. performance. What was the last uh, thing you ever worked on with Jim Henson? And what was it like being back at the Muppets at the Hollywood Bowl? Because I was going to go and I, I was able to the last yeah. Those were my two questions. That's it. The last thing I worked with Jim Henson, what was that? I was actually, when he passed, I was directing my own show in London, puppet show, TV show. Um, I think, what were we doing? I don't remember what, I think it might have been some Muppet um, uh, 
links for some other TV thing, I believe. Um, but the last time I saw, I actually saw Jim was was in London at his, in his offices there, and uh, and I congratulated him on the on the Disney deal he just signed and, and that had just gone through, and that was the very last time I saw him. And then when he passed, of course, they, they backed out. You know, well, we don't have Jim, we don't have a deal. Bye. You know, so that was that was sad. Um, so yeah, I forget what the last thing I worked with him on was. It might have just been some some stuff with the Muppets where they they do uh, little short videos for linking other 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 programs together. I think with Kermit and such. What was the second part of the question again? The oh, um, what was it like being back with oh, Muppets? Yeah, Hollywood Bowl and stuff. Well, I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I guess my first big thing after after several years was on the Jason Siegel Muppet film, uh, so that was kind of it was really bad on, on that, and then I've been sort of on with him ever since. Um, but uh, here again, the Hollywood Bowl, we were all kind of terrified because we, you know, after two minutes, we have to get the blood back in our arm, and, and, uh, and we're not seen, of course. But uh, the Hollywood Bowl, it's a, it was a two-hour show uh, with a nineteen. 19- Six whatever piece orchestra behind us, and, and dancers, and, and a choir, and all, you know, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was an, an audience of how many six thousand in the audience, whatever I don't know what it was. So each night, so and it was live, you know, puppeteers are useless. We always have to have our scripts taped up on the monitor, and can't remember anything, and we mess up, <laughs> go back and do it again. And it's like, well, this time, you know, it's, it's a speeding train. You can't stop it if we make a mistake. You've got to keep going. I saw Blu-ray of it was. Perfect. <laughs> and yeah, you know, we, we, we had a, um, a, a dress rehearsal that we were still trying to figure some stuff out about 30 minutes before the audience were coming in for the first show, and it was still, the show was still going wrong. And somehow, when we, we, it's like a real life Muppets, basically, where everything is chaos underneath and they just pull it together at the last minute. And that just seems to be the Muppet way. Somehow, we just kind of got it all. All uh, figured out, and then you know a few little mistakes here and there, but nothing, nothing horrible. The cues seem to pretty well work. Like the music cues, and you know, it's a very complex show. We all had earwigs so we could hear what what was going on, and and some of us were mic'd up, of course, for live voices as well. Um, but uh, we had to be on the correct side of the stage uh, in time. And there was a few times I had to run around, uh, you know, and barely made it into like the next puppet. Out yeah, that was the thing. It's like, well, phone to the cameras at least, because it was covered quite nicely on a lot of cameras. So they were mostly not showing puppeteers. So we sort of worked in that world on stage, but we knew that the audience would see us as well. Rather than being stuck behind a wall and, you know, just kind of, you know. Like, <coughs> I thought that was a brilliant choice. Yeah, and it freed us up a lot. So we could work at different heights, we could work ground level, or we could work above our heads standing or, or on, on rolly chairs. You know, it gave us a lot of freedom. And then after a while, you know, people forget about the puppeteers anyway and just look at the puppets, you know, you're soon sort of forgetting about all that. So, but it was, what was nice about it was, because it came out of doing uh, Outside Lands a couple of years ago in San Francisco, we did the Electric Mayhem, we did a 25-minute uh, five-song set, I think we were warm-up for Third Eye Blind, and that was kind of a big risk. Uh, but we were all shocked at how people were singing along and wanting, you know, more, 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 and all that kind of thing. So we were, like, really amazed that it actually went down well. So I think the Hollywood Bowl show came out of that. Um, but that was, like, you know, ten times more complex. And even with that, we were, you know, we were, I think, 
we're just virtually in tears working these puppets, hearing the audience respond so well to us, just hearing all that come come towards us on stage, all the laughs and cheers and people singing with the songs and and uh, it was yeah, you know, because we're always we're so used to working in a void all the time with all these TV shows and movies. Um, especially before we had social media, we wouldn't really know what people really thought about what we did. We just do the best we can and move on and work on the next show or the next film. So we're here getting instant feedback, you know, and it's, it's a wonderful thing for us because we're not used to that. So, you know, the audience was getting emotional and, and so were we, you know, it's, I think we we're all a bit shocked really. So it was a great, lovely, uh, a lovely, uh, event for us. And now we're doing, you know, reproducing that in, in London. So I, I hope that they continue to tour it in different cities and, and countries. Uh, I, I guess they will if they can, if they can make it work. Um, but it really was quite magical for us. And, and bringing Paul Williams back again, of course, was, was a nice... And he's great, yeah, he's great. I was working this little blue, uh, one of the blue monsters uh, on the song at the end, and that was a character that um, Paul Williams had a sketch with on The Muppet Show in 1976. It was, it was, I think the puppet had been rebuilt, but it was the same character. And uh, I think in the sketch, the character, uh, he was playing a travel agent or something, and, and the character was, was saying, uh, I want to go to Pittsburgh! Trying <laughs> to get the cheapest way out of this work. and in the end, I think a weight falls on him and he ships him like an envelope. So, so I thought, I wonder if he's going to remember that. No, 1976. So I went up to him and, and just said, I want to go to Pittsburgh. And, and he's like, Oh, yeah. I said, Do you remember? He said, Yeah, I remember everything. He said, I've now got the same bad rug as I do. But yeah, Paul Williams has always been very sweet and it's always nice to. To work with him, he's, he's always been good, good to Muppets and stuff. So there's a lot of magical things about doing the Hollywood Ball. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Jim would have loved it because Jim, Jim uh, wanted to do a lot of live shows as well. So it's definitely in keeping with what he wanted. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> okay, quick question. So the movie comes out in a couple of weeks now. Do you have any thoughts on Amanda's new co-pilot? No. <laughs> <laughs> Panel at uh, San Diego Comic Con. <coughs> the live Muppets panel. I mean, did, did, uh, did, did, they, did, did they have a live panel at the San Diego Comic Con? The Muppets. Let's see. Last last year was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or the year before? The year before. I think I know the one you're talking about. Was it? Was it, was it for the TV series? Oh, the yeah. Movie? Yeah. It was the TV series. Yeah. yeah. I think I watched that online. Yeah, I think it, it was good if I remember correctly. They had puppets with them, didn't they? <laughs> 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 they bring up Fozzie and Piggy and stuff. That'd be pretty boring if it was just a puppet yeah. and you're like, well, yeah, okay, yeah. bring out the puppets, come on. Yeah, it's nice when they do that. And I know that they really enjoy interacting with people because they don't get many opportunities to, to, you know, like in this environment, to do a bit of Q&A and that kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, it's a good thing, definitely. And, and I hope there can, can be more of that. I know they just did a thing in New Zealand uh, last week, I think it was, where they were doing something similar, uh, doing panels. So yeah, it's a good thing, and I know the Muppets like to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so any other questions? There must be one. Yeah, there you go. Hi. 
uh, that's just not available otherwise. So, so it's supposed to be a shortcut to, to get you to, from, from A to Z or A to Z if you're from other countries uh, as quickly as possible without all the, without all the, the, uh, the, the nonsense and the, the stuff that can take years to learn otherwise. So if you focus, you can learn the basics really in a few months, I would say. Will there be any uh, build techniques? Pardon? Will there be any build techniques? That would be in, uh, I sort of, I sort of have a, sort of a, a three column structure on it. So this, this one is all performing techniques because that's more than enough for, for a course. You know, that's just months and months and months of work just doing that one thing. And some people, you know, were more interested in building. So that's going to be a sort of a second, totally second kind of academy later on once I've got all, all my performing stuff in there. Um, you know, and yeah, the one definitely complements the other, and some people do everything, but not everyone does. So, so that's a whole other structure that I'll, I'll probably develop in a couple of years' time. And then after that, there's a, the third one will be how to actually create your own, produce your own shows, and make money from them, doing them. You know, which is kind of like a logical conclusion. Well, how that's great, I can work puppets, I'm the best puppeteer in the world, but how can I make a career out of that? So there's very little out there on how to how to put your own show out and monetize that. So that would be the, the third uh, level, you know, a couple of years later still, I think. So that's the structure that I'm, I'm creating. Yeah, that's a good question, though. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, so right now we're going to give away a minute. Hopefully, we can get to the end of this. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So uh, I presume we get any more here. Uh, follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram at Children's Pod, and then you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, if you follow us on all three, it increases your chances because we're basically just going to go to each social media, whoever um, whoever just liked us, and we're going to have we're going to have Mike pick a name from whoever just liked us from this panel. Shines on this. So, uh, so we'll give you ten more seconds. That's a soundbite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on this. <laughs> Did uh. Billy Dilly give you a Colt 40 when you opened uh, them? <laughs> Did Billy D give you a Colt 40 while you were working? I did not. What else did you give Billy? I did. Yeah. All right, we're right. So, yeah, we'll go over with this one. Okay, so first, uh, a little gift that we're giving away is. Uh, oh, out from the hero. What is this guy? This is that is. It's like the bad guy. So a Cindy Johnston. No, that's you. That's you. Oh, look at that. All right. Well done. Very cool. We'll go to Twitter next. All right. I know. Okay.
uh, whoever is on Instagram with the name Sono Natsuki. Yes. No, is that not a person? Maybe, Maybe I said it wrong. S A N N O U T S U K I. They left, so they don't get anything. Nelly E O six six. Here, right afterwards, and uh, also we'll be building it after that. Thank you, man. Welcome to you.